Section number five of Movies and Hollywood Short Story Collection, Volume One. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Candace Stellick, Dallas, Texas. Mrs. Bathurst, Part Two by Rudyard Kipling, 1904. The giant heaved inside his uniform and rolled his eyes at the car roof, said Pycroft suddenly. How many women have you been intimate with all over the world, Pritch? Pritchard blushed plum color to the short hairs of his seventeen-inch neck. Hundreds, said Pycroft. So have I. How many of them can you remember in your own mind setting aside the first, and perhaps the last, and one more? Few. Wonderful few. Now I tax myself said sergeant pritchard relievedly and how many times might have you been at auckland one two he began why i can't make it more than three times in ten years but i can remember every time that i ever saw mrs b so can i and i've only been to auckland twice how she stood and what she was saying and what she looked like that's the secret "'Tisn't beauty, so to speak, nor good talk necessarily. "'It's just it. "'Some women'll stay in a man's memory "'if they once walk down the street, "'but most of them you can live with a month on in, "'and next commission you'd be put to it "'to certify whether they talked in their sleep "'or not, as one might say. "'Ah,' said Hooper, "'that's more the idea. "'I've known just two women of that nature. "'And it was no fault of theirs.' asked Pritchard. None whatever. I know that. And if a man gets struck with that kind of woman, Mrs. Hooper, Pritchard went on, he goes crazy, or just saves himself, was the slow answer. You've hit it, said the sergeant. You've seen and known something in the course of your life, Mr. Hooper. I'm looking at you. He set down his bottle. And how often had Vickery seen her? I asked. "'That's the dark and bloody mystery,' Pycroft answered. "'I'd never come across him till I come out in the Hierophant just now, "'and there wasn't anyone in the ship who knew much about him. "'You see, he was what you call a superior man. "'He spoke to me once or twice about Auckland and Mrs. B. on the voyage out. "'I called that to mind subsequently. "'There must have been a good deal between them, to my way of thinking. "'Mind you, I'm only giving you my resume of it all.' because all I know is second-hand, so to speak, or, rather, should I say more than second-hand. How? said Hooper, peremptorily. You must have seen it or heard it. Yes, said Pycroft. I used to think seeing and hearing was the only regulation aids to ascertaining facts, but as we get older we get more accommodating. The cylinders work easier, I suppose. Were you in Cape Town last December when Phyllis's circus came? No, of country said Hooper, a little nettled at the change of venue. I asked because they had a new turn of a scientific nature called Home and Friends for a Ticky. Oh, you mean the cinematograph, the pictures of prize fights and steamers. I've seen them up country. Biograph or cinematograph was what I was alluding to. London Bridge with the omnibuses a troop ship going to the war, Marines on parade in Portsmouth, and the Plymouth Express arriving at Paddington. Seen em all, seen em all, 
said Hooper impatiently. We Hierophants came in just before Christmas week, and leaf was easy. I think a man gets fed up with Cape Town quicker than anywhere else on the station. Why, even Durban's more like nature. We was there for Christmas, Pritchard put in. Not being a devotee of Indian Paris, as our doctor said to the pusser, I can't exactly say. Phyllis's was good enough for musketry practice at Mozambique. I couldn't get off the first two or three nights on account of what you might call an imbroglio with our torpedo lieutenant in the submerged flat, where some pride of the West Country had sugared up a gyroscope, but I remember Vickery went ashore with our carpenter Ridgeton, old Crocus we called him. As a general rule, Crocus never left his ship unless until he was ousted out with a winch, but when he went, he would return nodding like a fly gemmed with dew. We smothered him down below that night, but the things he said about Vickery as his fitting playmate for a warrant officer of his cubic capacity before we got him quiet was what I should call pointed. I've been with Crocus in the redoubtable, said the sergeant. He's a character if there is one. Next night I went to Cape Town with Dawson and Pratt, but just at the door of the circus I came across Vickery. Oh, he says, you're the man I'm looking for. Come and sit next me. This way to the shillin' places. I went astern at once, protesting because ticky seats better suited my so-called finances. Come on, says Vickery. I'm paying. Naturally, I abandoned Pratt and Dawson in anticipation of drinks to match the seats. No, he says. When this was entered, not now. Not now. As many as you please afterwards, but I want you sober for the occasion. I caught his face under a lamp just then, and the appearance of it quite cured me of my thirst. Don't mistake, it didn't frighten me. It made me anxious. I can't tell you what it was like, but that was the effect which it had on me. If you want to know, it reminded me of those things in bottles, those herbalistic shops at Plymouth, preserved in spirits of wine, white and crumply things previous to birth, as you might say. You've a bestial mind, Pye, said the sergeant, relighting his pipe. Perhaps. We were in the front row, and home and friends came on early. Vickery touched me on the knee when the number went up. If you see anything that strikes you, he says, drop me a hint. Then he went on clicking. We saw London Bridge, and so forth and so on, and it was most interesting. I'd never seen it before. You heard a little dynamo, like buzzing. But the pictures were the real thing, alive and moving. I've seen them, said Hooper. Of course, they are taken from the very thing itself, you see. Then the Western Mail came into Paddington on the big magic lantern sheet. First we saw the platform emptying and the porter standing by. Then the engine come in, head on, and the women in the front row jumped. She had it so straight. Then the doors opened and the passengers came out like the porters got the luggage, just like life. Only, only when anyone came down too far towards us that was watching, they walked right out the picture, so to speak. I was idly interested, I can tell you. So were all of us. I watched an old man with a rug, owed and dropped a book and was trying to pick it up. When quite slowly from behind two porters, 
carrying a little reticula and looking from side to side comes out mrs bathurst there was no mistake in the walk in a hundred thousand she came forward right forward she looked out straight at us with that blindish look which pritch alluded to she walked on and on till she melted out of the picture like like a shadow jumping over a candle and she went out and i heard dawson in the ticky seats behind sing out christ there's mrs b hooper swallowed his spittle and leaned forward intently vickery touched me on the knee again he was clicking his four false teeth with his jaw down like an enteric at the last kick are you sure says he sure i says didn't you hear dawson give tongue why it's the woman herself i was sure before he says but i brought you to make sure will you come again with me tomorrow willingly i says it's like meeting old friends yes he says opening his watch very like it will be four and twenty hours less four minutes before i see her again come and have a drink he says it may amuse you but it's no sort of earthly use to me he went out shaking his head and stumbling over people's feet as if he was drunk already i anticipated a swift drink and a speedy return because i wanted to see the performing elephants instead of which vickery began to navigate the town at the rate of knots looking in at a bar every three minutes approximate greenwich time i'm not a drinking man though there are those present he cocked his unforgettable eye at me who may have seen more or less imbued with the fragrant spirit none the less when i drink i like to do it at anchor and not in an average speed of eighteen knots on the measured mile there's a tank as you might say at the back of that big hotel up the hill what do they call it the motilno reservoir i suggested and hooper nodded that was his limit adrift he walked there and we come down through the gardens there was a southeaster blowing and we finished up by the docks then we bore up the road to salt river and wherever there was a pub vickery put in sweatin he didn't look at what he drunk he didn't look at the change he walked and he drunk and he perspired in the rivers i understood why old crocus and come back in the condition he did what do you think said hooper fingering his waistcoat pocket several things said pycroft to tell you the truth i aren't quite done thinking about it yet mad the man was a dumb lunatic must have been for months years perhaps i know something of maniacs as every man in the service must i've been shipmates with a mad skipper and a lunatic number one but never both together i think evan i could give you the names of three captains now who ought be in an asylum but you don't find me interfering with the mentally afflicted till they begin to lay out about em with rammers and winch handles only once i crept up a little too into the wind towards master vickery i wonder what she's doing in england i says don't it seem to you she's looking for somebody that was in the gardens again with the southeaster blowing as we were making our desperate round she's looking for me he says stopping dead and under a lamp and clicking when he wasn't drinking in which case all his teeth clicked on the glass he was clicking his four false teeth like a marconi ticker yes looking for me he said and he went on very softly as you might say affectionately but he went on 
in the future, Mr. Pycroft, I should take it kindly of you if you'd confide your remarks to the drink set before you. Otherwise, he says, with the best will in the world towards you, I may find myself guilty of murder. Do you understand, he says? Perfectly, I says. But would it at all soothe you to know that in such a case the chances of you being killed are precisely equivalent to the chances of me being outed? Why, no, he says. I'm almost afraid that you'd be a temptation. Then I said, we was right under the lamp by that arch at the end of the gardens where the trans came around. Assuming murder was done or attempted murder, I put it to you that you would still be left so badly crippled as one might say, that you subsequent capture by the police to whom you'd have to explain would be largely inevitable that's better he says passing his hands over his forehead that's much better cause he says do you know as i am now pie i'm not sure if i could explain anything much those were the only particular words i had with him in our walks as i remember what walks said hooper oh my soul what walks they were chronic, said Pycroft gravely, but I didn't anticipate any danger till the circus left. Then I anticipated that, being deprived of a stimulant, he might react on me, so to say, with a hatchet. Consequently, after the final performance and the ensuing wet walk, I kept myself aloof from my superior officer on board in the execution of his duty, as you might put it. Consequently, I was interested whether the sentry informs me while I was passing on my lawful occasions that Click had asked to see the captain. As a general rule, warrant officers don't dissipate much of the owner's time, but Click put in an hour or more behind that door. My duties kept me within eyeshot of it. Vickery came out first, and he actually nodded at me and smiled. This knocked me out of the boat, because, having seen his face for five consecutive nights, I didn't anticipate any change there more of a considerin' hell, so to speak. The owner had merged later. His face didn't read off at all. So I fell back on his cocks. Who'd have been eight years with him and knew him better than boat signals. Lamson, that was the cox's name, crossed his bows once or twice at low speeds and dropped down to me visibly concerned. He shipped his court-martial face, says Lamson. Someone's going to be young. I've never seen that look once before, but when they chuck the gun sights overboard in the Fantastic, throwing gun sights overboard, Mr. Hooper, is the equivalent of mutiny in these degenerate days. It's done to attract the notice of the authorities and the Western Morning News, generally by a stoker. Naturally, word went around the lower deck, and we had a private overall of our little consciences. But bearing a shirt, which a second-class stoker said had walked into his bag from the Marines flat by itself, nothing vital transpired. The owner went about flying the signal for a ten public execution, so to say, but there was no corpse at the yard arm. He lunched on the beach, and he returned with his regulation harbor routine face about 3 p.m. Thus, Lamson lost prestige for raising false arms. The only person who might have connected to the epicyclodial gears correctly was one Pycroft, when he was told that Mr. Vickery would go up country that same evening to take over certain naval ammunition left after the war in Blomfontein Fort. No details was ordered to accompany Master Vickery. 
he was told off first person singular as a unit by himself the marine whistled penetratingly that's what i thought said pycroft i went ashore with him in the cutter and he asked me to walk through the station he was clicking audibly but otherwise seemed happyish you might like to know he says stopping just opposite of the admiral's front gate that phyllis's circus will be performing at worcester tomorrow night so i shall see her yet once again you've been very patient with me he says look here vickery i said this thing's come to be just as much as i can stand consume your own smoke i don't want to know any more you he said what have you got to complain of you've only had to watch i'm it he says but that's neither here nor there he says i've one thing to say before shaking hands remember he says we were just by the admiral's garden gate then remember that i am not a murderer because my lawful wife died in childbed six weeks after i came out that's much at least i am clear of he says then what have you done that signifies i said what's the rest of it the rest he says is silence and he shook hands and went clicking into simon's town station did he stop to see mrs bathurst at worcester i asked it's not known he reported at Bloemfontein, saw the ammunition into trucks and then disappeared went out deserted if you care to put it so with eighteen months of his pension and if what he said about his wife was true he was a free man as he stood how do you read it off poor devil said hooper to see her that way every night i wonder what it was i've made my headache in that direction many and long night but i'll swear mrs b had no hand in it said the sergeant unshaken no whatever the wrong or deceit was he did it i'm sure of that and i'd look at his face for five consecutive nights and i'm not so fond of navigating about cape town with a southeaster blowing these days i can hear those teeth click so to say ah those teeth said hooper and his hand went to his waistcoat pocket once more permanent things false teeth are you read about em in all the murder trials what do you suppose the captain knew or did i asked i never turned my searchlight that way pycroft answered unblushingly we all reflected together and drummed on empty beer bottles as the picnic party sunburned wet sandy unpassed our door singing the honeysuckle and the bee pretty girl underneath that capshe said pycroft they never circulated his description said pritchard i was asking you before these gentlemen came said hooper to me whether you knew wankies or the way to the zambezi beyond Bolivio would he pass me there trying to get to that lake what's its name said pritchard hooper shook his head and went on there's a curious bit of line there you see it runs through solid teak forest a sort of mahogany really seventy-two miles without a curve i've had a train derailed there twenty-three times in forty miles i was up there a month ago relieving a sick inspector you see he told me to look out for a couple of tramps in the teak Two, Pycroft said. I don't envy that other man if... We get heaps of tramps up there since the war. The inspector told me I'd find them at McBenwee, siding, waiting to go north. 
he'd given him some grub and quinine you see i went up on a construction train i looked out for him i saw them miles ahead along the straight waiting in the teak one of em was standin up by the dead end of the siding and the other was squattin down lookin up at em you see what did you do for him said pritchard there wasn't much i could do except bury him there'd been a bit of a thunderstorm in the teak you see and they were both stone dead and as black as charcoal that's what they really were you see charcoal they fell to bits when we tried to shift em the man who was standing up had the false teeth. I saw him shining against the black. Fell to bits he did, too, like a mate squatting down and watching him, both of them all wet in the rain. Both burned to charcoal, you see, and that's what made me ask about the marks just now. The false toother was tattooed on the arms and chest, a crown and foul anchor with M.V. above. I've seen that, said Pycroft quickly. It was so. But if he was all charcoal-like, said Pritchard, shuddering, you know, you know how writing shows up white on a burned letter? Well, it was like that, you see. We buried him in the teak, and I kept, but he was afraid of you two gentlemen, you see. Mr. Hooper brought his hand away from his waistcoat pocket, empty. Pritchard covered his face with his hands for a moment, like a child shutting out an ugliness. And to think of her at Haraki, he murmured. With air a ribbon on my beer. Ada, she said to her niece, oh my God, on a summer afternoon when the honeysuckle blooms and all nature seems at rest, underneath the bower, mid the perfume of the flower, sat a maiden with the one she loves the best sang the picnic party waiting for their train at glengariff well i don't know how you feel about it said pyecroft but having seen his face for five consecutive nights on end i'm inclined to finish what's left of the beer and thank god he's dead end of section five of movies and hollywood short story collection mrs bathurst part two by rudyard kipling 1904 this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org recording by candace stalick dallas texas